Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. This is Caleb. I'm Brodor. All right. For those of you on Patreon, yes, we are releasing episodes out of order because I am skipping over the last regular episode just temporarily. We're not ditching it. I'm just not releasing it next because I want to get this bonus episode out because as of us recording this, the convention, Fear the Con, just ended, I guess, what, two or three days ago? Because it's Tuesday when we're recording. So, yeah, it's going to have ended on arguably Saturday night, Sunday morning, wherever you want to put that. I'm going to call it 2 a.m. Saturday morning. Technically 2.05 Sunday Sunday morning. morning. No, the con officially ends at midnight. Everything else is post-con, community-driven content. We are off the hook and not liable for anything that happens after midnight on Saturday. I thought we were actually not liable for anything after 11 p.m. except cleanup. That is fair. Yeah. But our official contract with the motel ends at midnight. Man, all right, so... This convention, the convention that could, yes, holy crap! Are <laughs> for those of you that were not there, and for those of you that were, you're going to get to look back on some things and possibly hear some stories you didn't catch while the con was unfolding. For those of you that weren't there, man, have we got some doozies for you. The story starts in 2019. Yeah, let's start with Dan was moving, and we couldn't have a con because Caleb had come to town, and we didn't want to run a con with Caleb here. That's yes, right. that's pretty much it. But yeah, that and also on top of the fact that I was going through a divorce and was moving between houses, yeah. my life was pretty upended. Some things were kind of crazy, which surely was just a phase that was going to pass, right? Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> Nobody's life goes crazy for years, much less everyone's life everywhere in the world goes completely upside down for years. So 2019 goes on and... Dan's going through a lot of life changes and we start having the conversation. Do we have the con next year? And to be honest, we dropped a lot of balls until it was around October. And okay, we, if we're going to do this, we need to do this. I need to get the Kickstarter out. So right away as fear the con 2020 was being formed, we were a little bit behind the ball and a little bit kind of rushed, but it all came together. I had a lot of help with the Kickstarter. We funded. Everything looked great. We were all good to go. 2020 was going to be the best Fear the Con ever. <laughs> yeah. Until early 2020 comes along. Because, of course, it's, if, as we all know our history now, it's around September of 2019 that this little disease starts popping up somewhere in the Wuhan area of China. And... Makes its way over to the U.S. and then, of course, all over the place. The U.S. was not the first stop. At the time, we say, so far, we're good. We're watching the clocks. Yeah. We're watching the news. But surely this is going to pass in a couple weeks. Yeah, or at most. I mean, I, I looked at I was less optimistic. I didn't say a couple weeks. I never bought the, and I'm not trying to get political, but I never bought the two weeks to flatten the curve. The way I looked at it is historically... Any recent, what we'll call modern era disease outbreak, they follow a pretty predictable cycle that runs about 12 to 18 months, usually toward the longer end of that. So I was like, you know, this is probably going to take about a year, maybe a year and a half, but this is going to work its way through like several diseases before it have going back, let's say the Spanish flu, after Mm -hmm. which things are going to settle right back down. 
And of course, that didn't happen, that the disease starts spreading in weird ways, mutating in weird ways. People start reacting to it in some rather weird ways. And it's not going to get into all the politics and opinion of this and whatever. We're talking history now. Yeah, I'm just talking history. The reality that no one can argue is the world went completely sideways for several years straight. And we are just now starting to come out of that. And unfortunately, there's some new things on the horizon that may put us right back into the crazy. There was nothing we could do. We had to cancel. We could not even legally run it at that point. But putting out the call to cancel when we did back in March of that year was one of the hardest things I've done because we kickstarted. We had all these people excited about it. They had given us money for it. And I had to go and give the word, we are not running it. Mentally, that messed with me. I felt like I was letting down every one of the backers. And in reality, I know we could not have run it, but it really hit me. And I'm going to do one minor shout out right here. One of the guys that actually helped me through it is E.B. Hunter. He came to town with Brodor and we met, we had lunch. I don't even remember when this was. This may have been late 2020, but he brings me this bourbon. I don't drink. But this is a bourbon worth... That's what he'd be due. Yeah. yeah. This is a bourbon worth $400 right now. And it is called Blood Oath. Mm-hmm. And he has the conversation with me. He's like, yeah, you can't have it this year, but you're going to run it. And when you do, I am making a Blood Oath that we will open this bottle together and we will drink it. And the confidence from him actually did help me. It made me realize, yeah, we can't do it now, but... This is not going to last that long. There is no way we are not having this in 2021. Yeah, and then we didn't have it in 2021 either, because <laughs> once again, things are still crazy, and St. Louis County and the state of Missouri would not allow us to have the convention. We couldn't right. do it. We were capped on public events, at, at the first year, I think it was, we weren't allowed to do it at all. Then it was like right. just 10 people. And then they backed that off a little bit to, I think, like 20 people. Yep. But the point is, these were still nowhere near the number of people yep. we needed to have you know, to conduct a convention. And so it was like, yeah, the few of us just putting it on, that covers the 10 or 20 right there. Yeah. So that's not really a convention. And During this time, through all of this, my dad started having some health issues. At one point, his last kidney, because he lost one of them to cancer, gave out. And so he's on dialysis and going three times a week and all of that. So leading up to 2022, the con is coming. We've made the decision. We are having it. It is going to happen. As long as we can legally have it, it's going to happen. I'm really distracted. I'm not the only one that has things like this going on in their lives, though. And before long, the con's about to be here. And I don't know about anyone else. I was freaking out because normally... We spend a lot more time on the prep. Now, we've done this a lot. We've run this convention a lot. We know what we need to do. I know that I should have my games done before the night before the con. (laughs) That doesn't mean it all happens before the night before the con. And as time kind of came up on us, suddenly I was feeling the crunch. I know, uh, Dan, you were feeling the crunch. Julia was trying to get food ready for us for wing night. And she was feeling the crunch on it. Even the time leading up to the con became really stressful. And us asking the question, well, there's another COVID variant out. 
Yeah. Are we going to have to cancel again? Uh, yeah, because uh, they were for a while there. And actually, last I saw, and I'll admit I didn't keep up with the news real well during the week of the convention. So I'm a little out of the loop. But I mean, last I saw, they were still kicking around. Are we going to have to close? I don't know. I don't know where that goes. But, you know, I mean, in looking at what happened, like, let's now move towards the lead up to the con. We saw, and for a moment, I'm going to talk about the attendees. Then I'm going to come back. I want to talk about us. Let's talk about the attendees. We saw a lot of people have to either cancel or modify their plans at last minute because in some cases people got sick. There was a couple people that were not able to attend because they came down with COVID right when they were getting ready to leave. Uh, Beth was one of those, so that she was not the only one, but she was one of those. There were at least one person I know had car problems that suddenly couldn't come because even if they could get it fixed at that point, they didn't have the money for gas to drive here. Yep. Because gas prices are up. Life changes. People that went through divorces, marriages, they moved, they changed jobs, they gained a job, they lost a job, they couldn't get the time off anymore, something changed there. Uh, There were changes in financial situation where something came up where the money they'd had set aside now got wiped out by something else. As much as I hate to bring it up, we lost people. People died. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a reality. There is more than one person. Uh, We knew of one, which we mentioned by name in the next regular episode, but we came to find out at the con, there were a couple people who passed away within the six months prior to the con. I mean, a statistically unlikely number of people. Let's talk about our own lives. And I'm not saying this to whine or moan. I want to talk about some things going on in our lives now that we're on the other side of this, because I think if we were on the front side of it, it would sound like whining or it sound like e-begging or something, but it's over. It's done. It succeeded. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who weren't there, that is where I want to kind of put a pin is in noting that the con succeeded. It went down. There were some hiccups, but overall it was great. I had a wonderful time. It really enjoyed it, really looking forward to well, the likelihood we will do this next year. And that's why I wanted to save any positive things really for the end of the episode so we can end on a more positive right, note. Right, right. No, and we'll come <laughs> back to that. But I just don't want the people who were not there to think that this was just some yeah. miserable death march, which it wasn't. <laughs> oh, no. We're telling you the story to tell you that this con was something we needed yeah everything was against this con this con was under a bad sign and yet it still worked so we talked about death so yeah i lost three people within three days i lost my grandmother-in-law my closest uncle and then as we talked about reuben passed as well this was all within a week or two before the con all of this death in a very short time period I was not in a good mental place. Yeah. About two weeks before the con, my dad had a left hemisphere stroke that has stripped him of some of his ability to speak. He is still in rehab for that. He didn't survive, thank God, but he is still in rehab for that. And I'm having to spend quite a bit of time now with my family to help them and support them through that. Uh, It was not terribly long before that. Another first degree family member. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, first degree means an immediate family member, so think parents, brother, sister, whatever. I won't name the person. I don't know if they want to be named. One of my first-degree relatives got cancer and fortunately did survive. But let's Mm -hmm. keep in mind that wasn't an event. That was a process. That was something that took 
six or 12 months to play out. And that happened in the lead up to the convention. When month or so before the convention, my wife was in the hospital for surgery. And as soon as she got out and recovered, I was in the hospital for three days myself. I went to the Superman Festival right before the con. That Sunday while I'm driving back, my dad fell and I wasn't there for him. On wing night, earlier in the day, my dad was supposed to go to the doctor's appointment and he could not stand up and he was incoherent. I had to put him in an ambulance and send him to the hospital right before wing night. And then I drove to wing night, got the doors open, got everything set and had to leave Miss Wing Night to go be there for the rest of my family. Now, thankfully, I have good news on that front. Like Dan said, his dad is recovering. My dad was just moved into rehab today. So he is still in the hospital, but he's in the rehab wing of the hospital and no longer in critical state. He had pneumonia. He had some other critical uh, lung failures, but he pulled through it. And I went through the con not expecting my dad to pull through it this time. And at wing night, the people that knew, I had so much support. So many people asking how they could help, asking how I was, trying to be there for me. And just the community, how it came together and tried to you know, support me through it was astonishing. And that's not where it ends. No, no, and that's not where it ends. Because now, once we move into the convention... We're, we're still on Thursday night here. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we're still on Thursday night. Because now, once we get into the convention, let's start going down. Now, some of these, I don't know if people will want their full thing told. So, right. I will talk around some of them. Some of them I will speak directly to. Right. Julia had to leave the convention for a bit because her husband had some kind of back spasm or something uh, that made him unable yep. to move. And he was at the convention. Yep. And so they had to be taken to a different part of the hotel. And a big thanks to Sergeant Dan and the other folks mm-hmm. that took over watching their daughter because their little daughter was that there was at amazing. the time. And they had no one to watch her because they were both there. In the middle of the third of the games I was running, my Friday games went fine. I... Ran two games on Friday, played a game on Friday, or just some pickup board games on Friday went great. Saturday, came in to run an inspector's game, get through about the first two hours of it. Everything's going great. Suddenly, we get to this spot where I couldn't even tell you exactly what was going on, but there was something about a dog, and Alan Norton had a plan involving something about dogs, and I noticed as he was explaining it to me, It was a couple sentences long, and I couldn't quite follow his plan. And I thought, okay, I just spaced out there for a moment. I just fuzzed out. Can you explain it again? And I realized this time I understood less than I did before. I said, well, can you explain that one more time? And this time I'm going to write it down as you're saying it to me so I can kind of keep my place. And I couldn't even write correct words. I kept writing the wrong word, and I knew it was the wrong word. And so I had to erase it and write a new word and erase it and write a new word. And I never got past the second word. All I got on the paper was, I think, the. And I erased and rewrote that second word probably a dozen times. And suddenly I realized I could neither understand speech nor speak. It was gone. This has happened to me before on very, very few occasions. I have mentioned on the show that I have something called nominal aphasia, which means you lose word recall. It is tied to a form of migraine that I have. 
It's what they call silent migraine, meaning I don't have the headache, but I get the other symptoms. I see the visual auras. I lose language skill. And usually all that happens is I stutter or stumble a bit in my speech, or I can't remember a specific word I wanted. It's enough that I notice something's wrong, but I can still operate around it. But there have been a couple of times where this has happened before. And what happens at the biological level is there are some blood vessels that supply blood to the upper part of the brain. And what happens is they dilate and the blood pressure in them drops. And so insufficient blood is getting up to those regions of the brain. And so as long as that attack lasts, it is kind of like, in terms of symptoms, having a stroke. Now, you're not actually having a stroke. It is not a permanent condition. You can tell by the fact that I'm speaking normally now. It is not a dangerous condition, but it is very frightening. And I'm sitting here at a table full of people who have never seen this happen to me before. So once again, it's only the third time it's happened in my entire life. And it was grace of God that my girlfriend Amy was at the table because she was able to explain to them at least a little bit what was going on. And some other people were able to step in and say, no, Dan's going to be okay. He's not actually having a stroke. But nonetheless, I had to be helped out of the convention. And Mm -hmm. I think Amy took my car. I don't remember, to be honest. But she took one of our two cars and drove me back to my place where... I slept for about two hours, by which point it had mostly passed. I went back to the con for a little bit more on Saturday, but I still wasn't fully there. I was sitting in a game where people were playing multiple characters, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't follow the action. So I just played one character. I started doing an accent, and that accent made me think of a kind of a simple stereotype of a character. So I'm like, I'm just going to play this character. And it works so well. And, but, I, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what was going on in the game. Yeah. I knew my character was a mail-order husband who had been accidentally paired with a mail-order bride instead of either of them going to their intended person. And I just kind of ran with that. And I really don't have any idea what was going on in the game. Yeah, when you were cognitive like cognizant and completely there for a short period of time. It was fantastic. You had that nailed, but I could tell when you walked off for like a few seconds in your brain, you could just see you walking off stage and you're just like not there. And then you came back. And so it was, it was kind of fun, but it was still worked out that you were able to nail that game, even though you (laughs) didn't think you did. Yeah. So let's see. Okay. So what else? One of the other hosts, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this or not. Yeah, I don't know either. So I won't give the details. I'll just say one of the other hosts had to be Mm -hmm. taken to the hospital because of a medical attack turned out not to be life threatening, but nonetheless, they had to be taken to a hospital. We had a host car breakdown while they were trying to get to the convention. Goodness gracious, what are the other ones? I know I'm missing some here. There's a second car that broke down, too. So, I mean, there's there were several of these issues that just kept coming up and coming up that felt like it was trying to stop the con. And yet the con was incredible and completely <laughs> successful and wonderful. I, the worst thing that happened to me, and it's so embarrassing because I'm a host, I was late to my slot one game because I thought... <gasps> It started at 10 a.m. <laughs> and I got there at 9.41 and I was late. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry because I love Pete Petrusha and he was running Chew based on, you know, it's a, a Forged in the Dark yeah. hack. 
And I was based on a comic book. Based on a comic mm-hmm. that I absolutely it's one of my favorites of all time. And so I was so looking forward to playing. And I got there and I was all fucking cocksure and arrogant. And I was like, hey guys, da, 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 da. everybody was there at the table. I was like, well, I still got 20 minutes, so I'm gonna go do the rounds. And Pete's like, well, actually the slot started at nine, and I was like, oh, Poop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fortunately, because Pete's a superstar, he sort of, you know, introduced the game, pitched the characters, yada, yada. So not too much, because he drug his feet for me, had been done in game before I got there. So I was able to really slip in almost seamlessly and had a blast. So I have two Pete stories I want to share. The first one is after wing night, which I'm not at, but I get home. Dan asked me if he wants me to have him cover a few things like printing the, the sheets of the games that we put out the to tell sheets, everyone where they're at. And I, I told him, no, I'm the type of person. I need a distraction. I need to work. I need to do this because I needed it. So I go there and I get ready to print it. And I stop and I think, wait a minute, I'm not signed up for anything on Saturday. I should do that before I print. Because if there's one thing I can give myself, it's signing up for things before I print. So I look out there at a game, first slot on Saturday, and I read the description and I read it out loud. And it's talking about being the roommate of the 80s D&D guy and all of these horrible things about being the roommate and how I describe this as I read it out loud. And my wife is sitting over there on the couch and she says, That sounds like something Brodor would come up with. And the very next line I read, scenario written by Mike Brodor. (laughs) That's so cool. It's so flattering to know that you have a that you have a flavor that people can tell by taste. Yeah. So as I'm sitting there playing the game, Pete makes a comment about how incredibly convenient it is that his table is like 10 feet away from his booth because Pete was also a vendor. And he's like, that is just incredibly convenient. Such a huge coincidence. I'm like, that was no coincidence. Mm -hmm. I am ridiculously meticulous when I do these game placements. I overthink it, make it way more difficult for myself than it probably needs to be. I create a spreadsheet and I start going through and I look if somebody has... Multiple games, I want them to have the same table for every game they're running. In this case, because of the number of games we had, if anyone was running three games, I wanted to give them a table and no one else would ever set foot at that table because they could then set their stuff and just leave it. Hmm. In Pete's case, I knew where the vendor hall was. I knew he was running games and I knew he was going to the back and forth between the two. So I put him right there by the vendor hall because I was going through all of these thought processes again because i needed a distraction Mm -hmm. but i do this every time like i'm going through and i'm looking this game says it's welcomes kids okay it's not on the same floor as brodor that's (laughs) yeah no brodor downstairs tucked away in a corner was perfect oh yeah that was the other thing it's like okay where am i gonna put brodor he's going downstairs obviously but i want him as far away from everyone as i can let's put him in the very corner And let's try to not have any other games at tables next to him while he's running his game. No, I have to say, Wayne, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Because we ended up, particularly for the uh, You Tell Me game, 
we ended up commandeering a neighboring table because craft services for my actors had gotten so big that it had spilled onto a neighboring table. <laughs> so let's bring this back now to where we kind of put a pin, yeah. which is despite all of these things, it would sound like the con went terribly and we had a terrible time. And that was not the case at all. I had I one of the best weekends I have had in many yeah, years. It, I needed this and I needed these people. And I needed to see them mm-hmm. and interact. And once again, I am always blown away by the crowd. Thursday night, someone comes up to me and I, I don't have permission for their name, so I'm not going to throw a name out there. One of the listeners came up to me and has a bag of stuff for me. He's like, hey, you like NASA stuff. He has a NASA yeah. calendar. He knows people that work at NASA. And there's an envelope there that has patches mm-hmm. and stickers from specific missions that are going now. And it's just like someone out there knows me well enough to know that this is going to make my night and yeah. has brought it to me. Yeah. I had a similar experience because people were like, you like drugs and alcohol? Here are drugs and alcohol. (laughs) I mean, I think that was for EB's first words to you. I got stuff for you. He is definitely the cons Bacchus. Uh, Bacchus, as you call him. Bacchus, yes. But, man, just from like the Mikey Mason show, went freaking great. We were able, with the leftover money, because the con was coming in below budget, so we were able to get the whole thing catered. We actually ended up with way too much food, which I will always take over not enough food. Yes, because in the past, at least one fear of the con, we didn't have enough food and had to rush out. The food you buy when you have to rush out at the last minute is not as cheap as the food you prepped ahead of time to have brought out for catering. Yeah, Not as cheap and generally not as good. So, I mean, we were able to get that catered. One of the things that we saw was it was not just us who were in many cases making our first major social foray in a post-COVID world or a post-peak of COVID world, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, at least for me, this was the first con I've gone to since that Gamma back in 2019 where you and I had to drive home because our flight got canceled. Uh, it was back in 2020 because it was right. Oh, that, you're right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. Stop of 2020. Yeah. Stop of yeah. 2020. Yeah. And that was the last con that I had been to, uh, certainly the last gaming con. And, you know, a lot of people were really coming out of their shells. And it was interesting to see because it was not just the con attendees. Mm. We picked up a bunch of randos because there were people that were in the hotel just looking for a change of scenery. In some cases, these are people that are still there on part of the housing assistance program yeah. where they're putting people up in hotels because they're trying to avoid evicting people during COVID and all that whatnot. Several of those people came down and saw there was something going on and stopped by and said, Hey, what is this? And, you know, we told them there's a comedy act on Thursday night and then there was going to be board games and tabletop games. It's a really yeah. friendly crowd. And right there on the spot from Wednesday night, through Friday night, the con kind of Katamari Damacy style just kept picking up random yeah. people from around the hotel who just needed something to do. Just I had needed people to see some for the, humans. I had people asking for the website of the podcast and I handed it out. I know people brought in friends and family to the con that had never gamed before. Yep. One of them, a guy that's in my Monday D&D game. His fiance was in one of Brodor's games. Oh, Ashley? Yes. Brodor starts the conversation with, uh, 
hey, you listen to the show. You know what you're getting into. Which she replied back, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, we were playing Mothership in Eric Van Note's game, which I, I won. I was excited to hang out with and see Eric and game with him. Two, the game was brilliant. Three, Ashley was awesome. But yeah, I mean, I was me, right? And I ended up randomly being the soldier in charge of the group. So, dude, I was full f***ing Brodor, right? Like, there was one point where, Jeff, I don't remember your last name, but again, I apologize, where I was super in character, and there was a break, and Jeff was like, you're, you know, there was this awkward moment, I was like, I swear to God, dude, I'm not mad at you. I was just so (laughs) intensely in character. Anyway, Ashley was incredible. It was so good gaming with her. Oh! Yeah, it was funny. I'm sitting there next to uh, you know her and her fiance, and I make the uh, the comment of it's so nice to put a face to the voice in the background, telling him to be quiet because <laughs> <laughs> he plays in one of your online games. Yes, right? yeah, right. yeah, that's fantastic. I had, I mean, honestly, incredible games the whole weekend. I went into it trying to look at it from. Yeah, that's the one. Jeff Hosmer. Yeah, thank you. I don't know. I recently started seeing a therapist. Things have been bad for me in about in the last year, and I, I've come pretty close to hurting myself. But the point is, is that I'm in a much better place now. And going to the show, I, I don't know, I'm going to sound so just dumb and douchey and introspective, but talking to listeners of the show and there are so many people that want to name by name and talk about specific instances and then you'll feel bad about the ones you didn't name that you think of later right there that right there is why i'm not naming more people than i'd like to because i'm gonna feel like a jackass for all the ones i didn't name right i just want to say to everyone who was at the show whether i spoke to you because i really tried to mingle and meet people and, mm-hmm. and you know whatever but there were obviously there were people i still didn't i didn't get to or whatever but it meant so much to me to be able to see myself vicariously through the eyes of other people i mean that had a real impact on me sure in, in terms of just my self-worth right yeah well, one of the interesting things for me too in my game that i ran as a backer game was my Dresden Files game. All of the players were playing hosts or people that have done something with the con in the past. One of them got to play me. And they're looking at the aspects. I really struggle with what do I make myself because I don't want to cross the line and be like, uh, make a Mary Sue of, I would love to be this, so I'm going to make myself this. No, no, no. With you, Wayne, I worry about the exact opposite. So I would worry you would just be this completely useless trash pile that so instead what i did was i made myself a mimic in disguise yes i think that's mm. just fantastic and everyone found that hilarious as they're looking at it because the number one skill that i gave myself was deceit and they're all like you are the most honest earthwild person that we have ever met that is hilarious <laughs> and it's like when you hear people tell you that it makes you feel good yeah yeah. yeah, I want to speak of Eric Van Note. I want to thank Eric because he's an artist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he does commissions or not, but I'll certainly, if he provides me his information, I'll link it either in this show or the next show or something. But uh, he did a picture of the scene where Gnarl was breaking out of the jail yes. and rolled that massive strength crit and just pulled, not his hands out of the chains, but pulled 
the bricks the chains were mounted to out of the wall and was using them like dual maces. He drew a picture of that. It's awesome. I posted a copy of it on Facebook and Twitter. I think how, I also posted it on Discord. How cool is it, though, that people remember that story? Because that wasn't on an AP. No, that wasn't. No. That was some time back. Yeah, speaking of the AP, I decided since the AP hadn't started yet, what I was going to do for that was roll the clocks back. I let these people play a game that takes place 1200 years before your campaign they set the starting conditions for the ap so the planet that you guys go on to in the first round of clues you can find are going to be based on what they accomplish and what they did or did not leave behind for you yeah i heard really good things about that game i heard great things about brodor's game hussy was there yeah i have not seen hussy in I years i've been able to talk to him, but by the time he showed up I was deep into your aphasia. Yeah, I was deep into the aphasia because I was able to come back to the con for a little bit, which I felt was kind of important because I wanted people to just see that I was alive and well, but I still was not fully back. I was only kind of there. And so I tried to talk to Chris and I don't know how cogent it even was. (laughs) It was more cogent than I was earlier that day, but not as cogent as I am now. But man, I was really disappointed I didn't get to sit there and make fun of Hussy longer (laughs) and more intelligently. I was just kind of lobbing mud. It just didn't feel pointed <laughs> enough. You yeah. should have just gone up in character as Sigmund Freud, the uh, the mail order bride, and then it yes. would have been wrong, you know? <laughs> For me, my big regrets were there were a number of people with whom I did not get to converse more. Hussy, E.B. Hunter, mm-hmm. Justice... There were a number of people that I just, I I wanted to socialize with more, but there was only so much time. But for me, my big positive takeaway was I had such a good time gaming with people, particularly running my you tell me system and putting in sort of a last minute twist. Like you guys, I, I was woefully unprepared for my games particularly going into my Dude, set. I made my usual mistake. Because I make a two-part mistake. Right. Every damn con. Right. You would think I would learn, but I don't. Every damn con, I make the same mistake of, one, I procrastinate game prep until the last minute and then panic and rush through it. But in the process of prepping it, I underestimate how much material I have and I prep probably twice as much as is needed. Oh, yeah. So mm. I, I do the worst of both worlds. I procrastinate and then probably put in twice as many hours as I should have. In the session for the AP, there was a huge amount of material we never got to, and which is fine. I can still you know work around that, and we were able to wrap it up. But I thought for sure there's no way that I'm going to cover all this. So I'm like, you know, I'll have them make their own characters because it'll give them some buy-in and it'll let me burn a little bit of time. So it's a three-hour game, not a four-hour game. And nope, we had so much left to cover at the end of that. I mm. One of these years I will learn. I will do my prep in advance and I will <laughs> quit while I'm ahead. Something hilarious about us, Dan, that came up in my game. Because you and I were both characters in the game. The overnight, over after wing night in the game, because the game was taking place over Fear the Con. They do all of this stuff. They stop a big ghost. They come out of the Never Never and time has elapsed. And it is 15 minutes before slot one. The player that's playing Wade is like, okay, 
I go to sleep because Wayne never runs a game in slot one of the con. <laughs> Dan's player immediately has to go run a game because Dan always runs a game in slot one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Usually because I'm doing the intro to RPGs game, which I think right. what I need to start doing, given my insomnia issues, is I will keep running a game in slot one, but not slot four slash slot one on Saturday, right. whichever you want to number uh, it as, yeah. because... I usually do that first one because I'm trying to do an intro to RPGs thing. And that needs to come first. Mm -hmm. But I think I should give myself a break since I have so much trouble sleeping on the second day. For me, going forward, I'm only running in slot three and slot six. I'm only running You Tell Me, and I'm going to run it twice. It's been enough demand... (laughs) <laughs> which made me feel very swelled up in my in my confidence. There's been enough demand that I'm going to run a Friday night version and a Saturday night version. As long as the people playing understand that it's sort of a living document and a playtest, I think that we're good to go. And the people that I had playing with me, I had so much, not just great role playing at the table on Saturday night. Yeah but also some great feedback that I, I want to do more with it than it just being sort of a con lark. I, I, I think I have, because of some inspiration that I got from Wayne and Wayne's game, I, I think I've got something that might have some legs to it. I've got a unique mechanic. I've got something new that other games aren't doing, and I'm kind of stoked about it. So I will admit something that I admitted to my players of my game. I never run in slot one. I never run in slot six. My reasoning, slot one, I always say it's because, well, I want to make sure the con's up and running and everything's going smoothly. That is true. The alternate reason is I don't want to be anyone's first memory of the con, and I don't want to be anyone's last memory of the con. Mm. That, to me, puts pressure in my head. (laughs) I have never had a con game fail. I've had ones that are better than others, but all of them have been at least good. Some of them have been great. But still, in my head... I don't want to be the last memory of the con for anyone. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I want to be in slot six, right? That's because you're going to hit it out of the park, and we all know that. (laughs) But but nobody knows that for sure. Well, the other thing I would say is slot six. I feel great that you said that. I have kind of a boner. The last slot is the sloppy (laughs) slot. Yeah. Because everyone's punch drunk, if not drunk drunk. and And if you aren't there yet... Brodor will make sure yeah, that you are. And so everyone is at their wildest. This is a slot that is meant for the type of stories it, that Brodor it, it tells. It is a Brodor slot. Honestly, if I look at the games I've ran at past cons, a Bard's Bard game in slot six is yes. the slot for it. For sure. Because yeah. the horrible things that happen in that game match the horrible things that have happened in some of your games. I could tell you stories and we could swap stories and I think I would win. Yeah. So, all right. I want to put a little bit of an epilogue on this with a request, an idea, and a placeholder for you guys. All right, for everyone at home. So the first is if you are at the con or you are not at the con and just have some thoughts, please, whether it's on Facebook or Discord or wherever you talk to us, let us know what you saw, what worked, what didn't work. If there's anything you want us to change, because right now we are strongly leaning towards doing a Fear the Con 2023. If you want to send it privately, you can send it to my email, yes. Wayne at feartheboot.com. That way you don't have to paste it publicly in Facebook or Discord or anything. Next year, I'll have to fly in because we'll obviously be gone by that. No, you won't. You'll be back. But I will. <laughs> I will ruin your life. I will be here 
for uh, my wife's second stalker killed himself. That's a whole thing. He killed himself. His mom found Let's him. Let's save on, that for a negative episode. His mom found him. On Father's Day, that Sunday morning. Yeah, so let's I, save that for a negative episode. <laughs> wow. That's, that's wow. Okay, it got real dark there. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, the thing is, I didn't feel anything. Like yeah, yeah, my you, needle didn't move at all. I think it might we, be we sociopath. We'll come back to this in a <laughs> negative episode. The second thing is there was an idea that Caleb had. I want to give mm-hmm. credit is due. That based on something or some things that happened this year, we are going to start doing in future years, which I am 125,000% behind. We are going to start having an empty slot that's like at the top, like we'll use a bunch of underscores or something. That's going to be, I don't know, we'll come up with something clever like the Worldwide Waiting in the Wings GM or something like that. But every slot, there's going to be a GM who is not running anything, but they just have some kind of random notes for maybe two or three different game ideas. Here's a D&D adventure. Here's some Rory story cubes. Here's an inspector's game. So that if a GM does not show or has a medical emergency and has yep. to be pulled out midway through their game, that we have someone already there to come in and say, okay, give me the quick notes on what you were doing thus far. Great. I'm going to do my best to pick it up from here and at least tell right. you some kind of story to finish out the slot or make sure that there's some kind of activity. So for people who have really good GMing chops and are not afraid to do a little bit of improv, I mean, don't get me wrong, have some notes, have some plot right. ideas. But, you know, if you're good at that sort of thing, this is a slot we're going to want you and I will take a, a shift in it and mm-hmm. walk around with a couple things on my person. We had too many games this year where last-minute emergencies kind of screwed it up. And we were very fortunate that so many people were so cool and understanding, sometimes filling in, sometimes not filling in, but just understanding, okay, the game didn't happen, it sucks for everybody, but that's life. But in future years, we're going to try and have a mechanism ready to staunch the bleeding at least a little bit on those emergencies. Yeah, one thing I've said I'm going to do Going forward, I'm going to get a couple of folders at home that I have one shot prep for, mm-hmm. and I will have those with me. So, for example, if that happens, but the person's not there to give you their notes, yeah, I'm going to always have yeah. a couple of things ready. Fortunately, in my games, there's enough notes that you need a five or ten minutes to read mm-hmm. what I've written, but there's enough to yeah. play. But if there's yeah. not, or an inspector's game, but if you weren't matter. there to give them the notes, yeah, is true, what I'm saying. True. So the last thing we're going to close out on here is a placeholder. The tentative dates, once again, nothing set in stone, no promises, blah, blah, blah. But we are leaning towards having a Fear the Con 2023. And if you want to pencil in a nice light pencil, the dates, we are looking at Thursday, June 15th, and then the con itself on Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th of 2023. So it's the 15th, 16th, and 17th of 2023. So that's just your pencil stuff. Wayne has already contacted the people that the jury jury. to ask them to hold those dates for us because they said as of right now, no one has booked anything in 2023. And oh, actually, I lied. I'm going to throw in one more thing. I do want to give a huge thanks to all the people that came, not just for coming, not just for helping out. You guys were just awesome in general, awesome behavior. You guys were great. 
And one of the things that I always look at to get a sense of how did our community do is what is said by the people that were taking care of us. Because since mm-hmm. Fear of the Con won, one of my sayings has been take care of the people, take care of you. And while checking out, the Drury complimented our group to several guests that were checking out. So thank you guys so much for being cool to the staff, good to each other and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to most likely doing this again next year.